Hello, my fellow cinematic sadists, and welcome to another edition of Best of Worst of British. And we're on our little self-contained trilogy now in our second series. Uh, I'm your host for this episode. My name's Lorcan Mullen, and with me, as always, are my two co-hosts. Hi, I'm Michael Bell. Hello, I'm Tom Hodkinson. And we've all crafted our haircuts into curtain haircuts. Oh, if only. We're, uh, <laughs> we're putting on our, our bright coloured uh, tie-dye shirts. I put a bucket hat on. We're eating They're our... back now. Bucket I know, and I fucking hate They're it. Back. We're all enjoying our push pops and... <laughs> I prefer a Pez, actually. Thank you. <laughs> Ooh, fucking hell, age yourself. Because mate. it's back to the 90s. <laughs> I'm 33. It's... <laughs> As we do three films based around the top pop acts of the 90s and early noughties. And you can't really start at a higher level, a higher peak, the 1997's Spice World. When the world is in trouble, when our future is in danger, we call upon one man. But when he's busy... He calls Five Girls. Columbia Pictures presents The Spice Girls. All right, we're coming. In their film debut, Victoria, Emma, Mel B, Jerry, and Mel C. They're ready for action. Go, pal. They're dressed to kill. Well, that's shaken or stirred. And thoroughly prepared for any encounter. It's a story of love. I think with boys, you should be able to just wheel them in. Yeah, and order them like a pizza. Yeah, no cheese. Compassion. It's really too hot in here. I need a fan. Misunderstanding. When the speeding melon hits the wall. Yay! It's Christmas for the crows. What did he say? I haven't a clue. Hold on, you niggas, girl! There's more like it! This January. Would you like an hors d'oeuvre? No. But I'll have one of these pie things. Make your choice. Oh, I like the blonde one. No, 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 no. Sporty. Rock your world. And spice up your life with the Spice Girls. Spice World. Yeah, but can they act? Um, blah, blah, blah. Um, girl power. Feminism. Do you know what I mean? So, I think what's crazy, the thing that when I was doing my research and, and reading up on all this... One of the things that strikes you about like the Spice Girls phenomenon and, and a lot of these sort of pop act phenomenons is how short their reign is. Wannabe came out in July 
by May of 98, Jerry Halliwell's left the band. And they, you know, pretty much all start to go their own way. The only other band that's comparable to that is, like, the Sex Pistols, as far as, like, they... Blink and you'll miss them. Blink and you'll miss them, but they were so huge. I mean, they did... The Spice Girls as a four-piece did stick around for another album and, like, you know... Less big, still big, but not like yeah. hollow. And they'd all, by that time, they'd all done started doing their solo things and and yeah. and like that. But I mean, how old were you when the Spice Girls came along, Tom? Because you were uh, younger. I was than born the... ninety, so I would have been about six. So you know, wannabe would be like the the song of the playground. Oh, it was it was it was mm. fucking everywhere. Even like the live performances where they're wearing like Union Jack dresses, that became part of culture. Then it became so ingrained. Uh, we were of a slightly older vintage. I was eighty six, so I was ten. Yeah, and it was I just yeah, it was playground stuff. But I just got over the whole Blurver Oasis thing, and then yeah. these guys come along. I was like, oh, but but no, these <laughs> girls come along. I'm using with guys their as a term. girl power. Put it your was... fingers in the air. Everybody. <laughs> like, you just don't care. Isn't it great that we're three straight white men that are yeah. discussing this? Yeah, yeah. We, we've got. Um... Hey, I'm being positive this series. So well, yeah. I'm going to try and like. I think if the, if we'd recorded this a few years ago, I would have probably been a lot more harsh and cynical. There's still cynicism within this, but I'm I'm more on I'm more on their side than I used to be. Haven't they just? They're still going right. They're they're, well, they just did tour. their reunion yeah. tour, didn't yeah. they? Where yeah, people yeah. were complaining about audio quality of the. Uh, sold and it's like no, that's just how they sing. <laughs> <laughs> but it's sold out in like seconds. And, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it did in the UK. Like they were. Plan to tour elsewhere and like you know uh, okay. sail, so they had to uh, can't you know always in a done a fair few reunion tours. Have well, they, they done, have they been doing more reunion tours longer? Well, than... that's, that's the weird thing. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's like it's like it's like take that again. They yeah, were only yeah. around for like three years, yeah. uh, four years, but that you know since they've reunited, they've been a going concern for like mm. 12, 13 years at this point. <laughs> yeah. Spice Girls have been off and on. They they did the reunion in two thousand and seven. Then they did the Olympics in 2012. Uh, of course they, did, yeah. they were gonna do a thing where it was just Jerry, Emma, and Mel B. Oh, they, it's, it's kind yeah. of, you can kind of tear it by who most wants to be involved. In <laughs> like, I, I guarantee, I think it's pretty obvious that if Emma had had her way, they would have never split up. She would have been happily doing the Pontin circuit at this point yeah. with, with Bucks Fizz and the like. If she saw the writing on the wall, she would have been in like S Club Three or <laughs> the, the, the equivalent of that, you know. And yet she had one decent single uh, solo single if you count from Wannabe to when Jerry leaves as the true definitive time where the Spice Girls are huge that is 22 months a lot of films pre-production nowadays is 22 months so to call this film Slapdash (laughs) is an insult to both slapping and dashing it opens with the Spice Girls presents and then we get quite a few uh, one of quite a few Bond references in the film yeah, where was... they're dan- like they're dancing silhouettes. Well, I think around '95, that's when Goldeneye came out, right? So the uh, whole sort of Bond yes. '60s revival thing had just started kicking uh, in, okay. and they were riding that, I think. Yeah, and also was like okay. '60s was the main decade being referenced now in the '90s, just like our '80s pa- had been for this time. Was yeah. Austin Powers out? Austin Powers was '98. Uh, no, 97. actually '97. So they would have been coming out at the same yeah, time, okay. but they wouldn't have been aware of each other, like. Cool. Again, that would have been inspired by the revival of James yeah, Bond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the song that's being played is Too Much. It really is. Yes. <laughs> this is my main overriding theory of this film. I don't think the people that made this film actually liked the Spice Girls. <laughs> I feel like the film itself is a bigger piss take of the Spice Girls than we're going to do in this episode. Mm. Well, like you say, though, films take a fair amount of time. 
to get sorted out. Say they say this was the, the idea of came in in. Uh, who had that idea? Give it the proper credits. Oh fucking hell! That was one of the credits in the <laughs> openings. Based on an idea by the Spice Girls. All films are based on ideas. That's the point. <laughs> Yeah, but this isn't really a I guess film. they couldn't because they couldn't get a screenplay credit. So they couldn't get, <laughs> you couldn't get them a story by. So <laughs> what do you? Was th- was it? Wasn't the Spice Girls' idea? I'm not going to discredit them. One of the reasons they became big was that they ditched their initial management, who wouldn't listen to their ideas. Like yeah. the people that brought them together, they got rid of those fuckers pretty quickly. <laughs> so as far as Popax goes, they weren't the ones getting screwed over, which is you know very rare. But I feel like based on an idea is kind of like, hey, we should make a movie. Yeah. Ah, I like that idea. <laughs> we say Wannabe came out summer 96. So do you reckon that idea, so they probably had a couple of other singles. Do you reckon by like early 97? Right, we need a film, we need oh, a film, let's just cash in. The, what, had is... a, what had a quicker turnaround? This or Pudsy the Dog? Yeah, this. So this a very brief flash of fun. I'm fairly yeah. sure of this. Because um, <laughs> they're on Top of the Pops, classic, mm-hmm. uh, singing too much. And Jerry Halliwell, they're all wearing white, which kind of was against what I understood the Spice Girls to be, because it was a variety of spices, they all wore their own thing, but... Yeah, one's cumin. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What spice would each Spice Girl actually be? Well, Ginger's obviously Jerry. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay, right? The question is, if you lick them, what do they taste like? (laughs) I feel that Mel B's definitely cumin. I'm thinking cayenne pepper for baby. No, she's too vanilla. That's quite spicy. Well, okay, okay, so cayenne pepper's more melty. She's like salt. Ah, <laughs> Oh, sugar, sugar, sugar. Victoria's, what's a posh voice? Saffron. <laughs> and uh, baby would be, what? Just cocoa powder. <laughs> I mixed the Nesquik. She's Nesquik. Because <laughs> Jerry, as is made clear throughout this whole film, is a woman with ideas and thoughts <gasps> well, and that's man. why she. this is her interview for the UN yeah. <laughs> and she has on her dress a variety of messages and one of the main ones that I read was mind power which she had over her boobs yeah <laughs> <laughs> hmm subtle in its way when I was a very when I was a very basic 13 year old boy I was a fan of Jerry's mind power <laughs> I've never got Jerry. I'm oh come on! Jerry. I've never got Jerry. Thirteen-year-old horny boy who's also watching wrestling. You know, there's certain <laughs> things that are being to you at the ba- time. Baby, and I did like Gary Spice as well. Mm. Mel C was well. I like Gary Spice. Was Ma- nice. I did subvert the the norm and go for Mel C a bit more. Mm. And now more even so. Well, yeah, there's a you know, there's a moment in later on in this film where they all dress up as other members of the Spice Girls, and uh, she dressed up as Victoria, and it's uh... well, I remember the whole thing about her was she was never made up, and then she did when they did the Brit Awards, they really doled her up, and everyone you know again yeah. just mm. like objectification. It's like, oh my god, you look good. <laughs> Basically saying until well, now you haven't. It's not a thing like. Fucking teen movies, too, where the uh, the oh, yeah, 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 takes yeah, out yeah. my glasses. Whoa, you're hot. <laughs> Fuck off. Is one of the things that I've done in well, one of the things I've tried to do with this to give it a format and a bit more structure. Sure. Look how well we've been doing so far. <laughs> is, um, we are trying to condense our notes down as to summarising the plot of a film. There's basically an idea that to to write a good story, every moment should be followed by and because of that or therefore. Like this, you know, Ryan Gosling is in Blade Runner is uh, Blade Runner 2049 is... I've um, not seen it, please don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, Luke Skywalker is... I've uh, not seen it, please don't. <laughs> Jesus Christ, was I've not seen it! <laughs> there we, that, finally, a reference I can get on board with. 
<laughs> it's taken us a few episodes, Basically, but we're in. The, the whole idea, this was like South Park kind of popularised this when they when they pointed out in an MTV special, Trey Parker, who says, everything should be followed by therefore, okay? Not and then. Something happened and then this happened and then this happened. It's like, this happened, therefore, because of that, this happened. Therefore, because of that, this happened. Mm. Every one of my 15 points is basically this happened, and then this happened, uh, and then uh, this happened. Okay. It does feel it, like the, the Spice Girl sketch show thrown together. It was, yeah, that's yeah. exactly, that's yeah. exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it throws about 10 different ideas for films at various points in this thing and doesn't mm. bother doing anything with any of them. Oh, and then, then the court lays a song. Because so. the next thing that they establish after this is uh, that... So you give the feel, oh, it's going to be kind of like a hard day's night. That's the obvious mod they're going mm. through. Following this band a day day or two in their lives when the, you know... But it's not really a cinema verite because there's fucking aliens in it. So, you know... <laughs> so what we then establish is that Alan Cumming is playing a documentary filmmaker who's going to follow the Spice Girls around for the whole duration of the film and is then in about five minutes of the rest of the film. Yeah. We're also introduced to their manager, played by Richard E. Grant, with a... Withnail. full Nicolas Cage. Yeah. <laughs> His name is Withnail, that always will be. <laughs> Get... No. <laughs> what was interesting as well was, uh, based on an idea by the Spice Girls and Kim Fuller. Kim Fuller is a bloke, I found out. He's one of those, <laughs> one of those deceptive Kims who tricks you. Ah, like Kim Noonan. Undercover Kims. <laughs> It's <laughs> um, uh, made me think of Community. Yeah, uh, and it's also the brother of the Spice Simon Girls Ford. manager Simon Fuller. Ah. So it's very uh, nepotistic. It's just nepotistic. job for the boys, isn't it? Job yeah, for the boys. Uh, Kim's your brother. <laughs> it's like how James Gunn keeps hiring his brother to do all the fucking acting. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, so this is my note. That they they they're all uh, walking down a corridor with uh, their manager, uh, who I've noted as Reg, which is Richard E. Grant. I can't remember what his actual character's name was. So if I say Reg at any point, that's me meaning Richard E. Grant <laughs> okay. as the manager. And they're very poorly dubbed. That's one of the things you always notice with these bad films, I guess, even yeah. more so when the dubbing's atrocious. And then they meet Elton John. Hey! Cameo number three. All give him I'll a smooch. No one bothered to write funny dialogue about it, so they just literally filmed them meeting each other. Yeah. <laughs> you know? like, oh, look, here's a person. <laughs> Didn't they make a joke about, oh, I, I enjoyed that, or was like, why isn't this, like, why is this never blokes, or something like that? Why is this never. No, he just goes, Phew. Yeah. <laughs> when I make a movie, it'll be much better than this. <laughs> like I said, this is a real sort of hodgepodge of stuff being mashed together. Richard E. Grant takes them out to the back, says there won't be any uh, fans, and there are loads of fans. No! What are you going to do? Again, very poorly dubbed banter going on between the girls as they're signing autographs, and, and horny teenage boys are trying to get Jerry to give them a kiss, and she's like, on the cheek, and they're like, damn it. <laughs> and Richard E. Grant's character has to tell photographers not to take obscure pictures, which is now a crime! And it, well, has has that Tory bloke not been able to stop it? Anymore? Oh, no, he, he, he went through, through the House of Lords, thank fuck. <laughs> Where they're like, we're a bit more ahead of the time than you are. <laughs> okay, so then they get on the bus... Which is the fucking TARDIS! Oh, yes! <laughs> Thank you! <laughs> yeah, my first note, what sort of bus is this? <laughs> and ain't no megabus, that's for sure, my boy. I'm on the X4 every day now, not <laughs> And it, yeah, the, the, the size does not match uh, my experiences of yeah. a double-decker bus. I know things are bigger in London, but, you know, there comes a the limit. Yeah, I mean, what can you really say about their bus, apart from that each segment 
the girls have their own like part. So Sporty's got like a exercise bike in hers, and Victoria's got like a a catwalk and millions of cupboards. It basically it's like the house in the monkeys. So they're all in their own different rooms, and they all start making fun of each other because that's what women do. <laughs> like I said, this is written by someone who I don't think likes the Spice Girls. I think you don't like the Spice no, Girls. No, I like. I'm coming to their defence. I think this is genuinely. I think they're being like a. They're being hard done by in this film, especially Victoria. She's oh, yeah, presented yeah, she as like the most shafted. She gets the most vacuous. She's dumb. She's like vapid. She's moody. She, she's like all the like like um, she's trying on different dresses, and and uh, Mel C's making fun of her for trying on the little Gucci dress or the little Gucci dress or the little Gucci dress. And Emma, who's presented also as... In, like, they're all pretty much presented as idiots in the film. Emma's presented as a six-year-old girl. Yeah, because yeah. she's, like, <laughs> six, sitting on a swing, sucking on the lollipop. Some would say that they're playing up to the characters rather than themselves. Yes, mm. posh and baby. Those, yeah. the, some of them are more abstract. Like, what is a ginger spice? <laughs> you know, you can get what a sporty <laughs> spice is. You can kind of get what a baby spice is. You, you sort of get a vague idea of a scary spice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Which is just their way of saying, you're a bit loud, love. <laughs> Tone it down. Everyone from Leeds has to be like this. So they're all on the bus. Jerry's talking about star signs. Mel C's making fun of Victoria. Mel B's angry at Jerry for stealing her shoes. So then they get into a pillow fight. Did, yeah, I, t- did I mention yeah, this was written by a man? <laughs> <laughs> and then they attend a press conference with a cameo alert again. Cameo! Jonathan Ross. Jonathan Ross. Oh, revealing that they're going to do a big show at the Albert Hall and it's going to be broadcast live all over the place. It's mentioned as well, it's their first ever gig. Did they say that? Yes. Mm. And to yeah, say that you're that. having your first ever gig at the Albert Hall is really fucking annoying. And watching that, uh, ab- that promotional moment were two Hollywood executives played by George Wendt. No! And the uh, other guy who's like the writer for him. And he is played by one of the members of the Kids in the Hall. Yes, he uh, is. Kevin McDonald, I think he might be. I might be wrong there. No, Mark. Mark I want to say Mark oh, is it? Yeah, that, you might be right there. Who now stars in a sitcom I was talking to you to earlier off mic, uh, Superstore. And he's very good in that. Oh, is he in that? They watch them on the TV and he thinks they're perfect. We'll make a movie about them. So, you know. Going oh, all, yeah. But that's what this is. Going on Deadpool meta. Oh. So, right now we're at uh, film concept number two. <laughs> it's a film with well a film concept number three I suppose if you say build up for a concert so a concert film a backstage documentary film and now a film about making a film uh, where they say it's, it's but they can't be... act why is that a problem again just insulting the women <laughs> in their own movie it's like throwing shit at the fan and seeing what sticks uh, but then just fan just Throws back in, shit yeah. flies back in your face do you think they just made they just wrote a generic um Film for a girl group, so it could have been Bewitched. No, it could no, have been no, anybody. No, no, no they like, built yeah. it entirely around the Spice Girls because the film is yeah. about the Spice Girls yeah. phenomenon. Yeah, if yeah. anything, I just want to see it, the... at the very least, what it is is a time capsule. I this just want to is... see the Bewitched movie. Damn it! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for Cleopatra. They're coming at you. you know. <laughs> uh, also, like also, in, also in the press conference, Jerry Halliwell spoke a bit of Spanish. Yeah, uh, Emma did a, did a bit of Japanese, Japanese and Mel B spoke Northern. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, yeah, they say, can they act? Could Monroe act? No. So let us objectify these women and ruin their lives just like we did Marilyn Monroe. I can't wait for the Facebook post which are just shit quotes from Jerry Hallowell. Tattooed oh, that's that's got to be there. That's Elton John was already plotting his, what shall I write about this lot when they <laughs> fall from yeah. grace? Yeah, let's copy Marilyn Monroe. We pressured into drugs and alcohol and died at 38. <laughs> you know, there you go. I keep it like... <laughs> I'm being positive, positive, come on. Oh yes, and at this point, Richard E. Grant phones his mentor, his... Manager. Oh, his, he's the boss. manager's boss. Called Chief. Another cameo alert? Oh, uh, listed in the credits, so it's not oh, okay. Here, but it's still very notable. Uh, Mr. Virginia. Yes, another Boab alumni. He just heard that there was five beautiful women, all with wonderful oh, penises. No, yeah. all he heard was, we're going to pay you a lot of money to be in someone's <laughs> flat for a day, and we'll make James Bond jokes yeah. about you. We'll give you a cat. We'll give you a cat, you can well, play with that. <laughs> that's the running gag, that every yeah, time they call yeah. him back, he's got cat, a cat. Then he was a rabbit, yeah. then there's a pig. Yeah. 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 And it was like, again, it's like, but that's not... That's Blofeld, not Bond. Yeah. And Roger Moore, Bond, no like Blofeld. And Roger Moore never dealt with Blofeld for legal reasons, unless you count it for your eyes only, which yes. he never says who it is. Oh come on! <laughs> so I'm just uh, actually, I think you'll find yeah. <laughs> that, that could be my this week guy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, then we see the girls rehearsing with Jules Holland. Then they abuse a keyboard player for some reason. I oh, know, just because he's shit. <laughs> <laughs> Jules, um, for, uh, they, they, they edited out Jules Holland awkwardly interviewing them at the piano for, <laughs> for, for ten minutes and everyone at home watches going, how are you still employed? <laughs> You've been hey. doing this for 30 years. Hey. I'm yet to see improvements. I like Jules Holland. Was As time? an interviewer? I like Jules Holland. Do you like TV shows with the bands that are on Jules Holland's show? When was the last time you watched it? I watched I used, it I when to... Idols were on a while back. Uh, okay. when I, that's what, have you ever watched it for Jules Holland? Yes, on occasion. Really? Tell us the, tr- tell us the truth! Right, tell us the truth! He was the keyboardist in Squeeze. I have nothing but respect for like that. one man. album! That's like his one Still was a legitimacy. Yeah, a good album. Lies what? made baby Jesus cry. What then I... may he weep till I burn. What am I... <laughs> Do his tears cause fire? I think they do. Jesus can do one. He's magic. He can do it. He can do it. <laughs> Magical <laughs> Jesus. He can, he, can, he can magic on PlayStation with all the games. <laughs> Even with the cheat codes. <laughs> one of my uh, one of my favourite stories about Jules Holland was that uh, the Fall were invited on. I think Marky e. Smith insisted that Jules Holland would not play any of his boogie woogie piano <laughs> shit. It's Boogie Woogie Night. <laughs> when Jules Holland joins the band, it's always like the, the, the kid that no one likes at school. Just let him play. All right. <laughs> it's his show. You've got to let him on. Okay, so uh, Jules Holland said, that was perfect without actually being any good. Again, just insulting the Spice Girls. You know, you're not good at anything you do, but you're making us a lot of money. Well, that is all we need. That's what I've got later on. It doesn't look much fun being a pop star. Well, <laughs> like, this they, is before X Factor yeah, and you they all, chew them up. And know? it turns out the five of them get to share one friend <laughs> who turns up at this point. Oh, yeah. Who is their friend, who yeah. is, I will forever refer from now on as Preggers. Because yeah. that's her thing. She's pregnant. Preggers McGee. Thank you very much. <laughs> Preggers McGee. I love that they all started crying around her and. I think, it was, I think Nicola, the character's name is. And Mel B goes with the most northern thing I've ever this heard. This is it, this is it, this is it. Because I have, no, because I, I I have two nieces uh, who grow up in Yorkshire. 
Oh, okay. So they're, they're more Barnsley and Sheffield oh, than they Barnsley. are Leeds. Can I, can, I but, do, can I do a drum roll? Well, no, because it's just brilliant. Because like, um, like the photo on my on my mobile is uh, oh, actually of uh, the older one holding the uh, the younger as a as a child, oh, no. and so she was very. I've just shown them the photo, and she was very excited to have a little sister because she what she was looking forward to was I want to rock the baby. Yeah. The baby. <laughs> Mel so, B comes in and just yells at this woman's face, How's baby? Baby. Like, How's baby? Like, like she's fucking aggressively. She's like Leeds squared. How's she's baby? Like Leeds, what, Leeds she, times Leeds. Do you, reckon, do you reckon that's where they've got the Bo Selector? Probably. <laughs> yeah. But I just love it. Like, So anytime in this whole film when Mel B says it, and she says it a lot, the baby. I just, I get all yeah. like, oh, my God, thanks. <laughs> See, I'd, I'd love for her to do, like, a cover of just me, the baby, baby, baby. Oh. I love you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so then we see, oh, she mentions that her fellas left her with about the same amount of care as, like, oh, yeah, I dropped my pen earlier. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Trevor, he's just... Fucked up. <laughs> yeah, that's forever. Yeah. So then we have a, a dream sequence of the Spice Girls all imagining themselves as mothers. And again, yeah. they are not portrayed in a kind light, you know. No, it's, no, like, they, they, it's like they turn uh, Mel C into Wayneetta Slob. Oh, literally. They dress her exactly as Wayneetta Slob, but she's still on the bicycle. Yeah. Oh, it's hilarious because she actually genuinely had a body... Uh, issues at the time and was exercising to extreme lengths every day Yay, it's hilarious <laughs> and they're all like smoking and complaining and they're all living in one dingy flat that's I genuinely think the writers are like yeah that's probably what's going to happen so after we finish <laughs> screwing them over oh so then after a really awkward 30 seconds that should have been cut out of the film as they're getting ready they then do their second song of the episode which is I'm giving you everything we then cut to the Daily Events uh, tabloid newspaper with a grand total of two staff, uh, which is sometimes you think more than the actual staff of some of these papers with the amount of right quality writing they do, and an Australian proprietor. I can't imagine who he's meant to be based on. I mean, it's it's. I'm drawing a blank here. Mm. Paul Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> cool. cool. Mr. Well, Dundee himself. It's interesting the, the the name, which is something like Kevin McWilson or something. Maxwell. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. It's obviously a riff on a, on an editor of fame. So they hit two birds with one stone at that point. Yeah. Oh, the dead nonce. Okay. Yeah, Good. being played by. Uh, <laughs> he being... was Maxwell thingy. Yeah. No. 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 That, that, that was Czech. Oh, okay. Australian media mogul. No, I know that, but I thought they were also picking up on that match. Well, you know, just any, any, any newspaper mogul okay. in general can okay. count. Uh, and the editor of the paper being played by Jason Fleming. Again, pre-fame, so not a cameo, yeah. I suppose. Um, Although, I, actually, I think... it's Lockstock. No, Lockstock's 98. He appears several times throughout the film, so I wouldn't consider it a cameo. Mm. Uh, but yeah, they're really angry because the Spice Girls are successful in making them money for every newspaper they sell. So therefore they plot their downfall. Which, to be honest, is probably, you know, that is how the papers... Again, they're just like... It's like, again, they're like, we're going to make hay while the sun shines because we yeah, know yeah. what's coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These girls are all going to get pregnant and live in the same council flat. <laughs> We've seen it. The scene was played earlier. So Jerry and Mel B are playing each other at chess with threats of violence quickly ensuing. Or breaking news, Mel B is shit at chess, apparently. Yeah. Because she likes to move the horse. Yeah. <laughs> horse. 
coming out the stable. So then Richard E. Grant is given a pitch to the to make a movie by the producers. I can't remember what he pitched. It was rubbish, and that was the joke. And Richard E. Grant hates it. Emma has a crisis of personality for 30 seconds, which leads to another dream sequence where they were saying how she can just get away with anything because she's so childish. Oh, uh, yeah. another yeah. cameo. Cameo! As Inspector Poirot, essentially. Yeah. Hugh Laurie. Yes. Hats. Yes. Go ahead. Doing a better Belgian accent as a joke than Kenneth Branagh did in the recent film. And before then... First sign of a nonce in this film, Dr. Fox. Yes. Appears by the radio. Yes. So there's another cameo. Sorry, are you doing nonce counts? Nonces and cameos. That's what I'm here for, my friend. And the nonce cameo is like the, you know, the double, oh, the double it's, whammy. It's, it's basically... There would have been the ultimate nonce cameo if not for yeah, editing, because yeah, we'll yeah. find out later. No, nonces and cameo does sound like some sort of underground club. <laughs> so again... Yeah, the, the, is nonce. So, so yet again, like, the Spice Girls are just m- mocking themselves through someone else's script. So Mel B starts yelling at Goldfish. Jerry's, like, giving loads of facts because how dare she want to know things. I know, it's such a ginger thing to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah most works. gingers with their knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Mel sees yeah. on her bike, and they're all complaining about stereotypes whilst the joke is that they're living up to their stereotypes. stereotypes. Now we have disputed cameo from Dominic West. McNulty cameo! thank you. They're posing for photos, and then we get a montage of them in dress-up. It's like, no real clear theme to this montage. There is a clear theme. The characters that they portray in the photo shoot are mentioned in a song played at the end credits. I see. Uh, like the Ladies of Vamp or something like that. I okay. Because I think that just sounds like Charlie's Angels at one yeah, point. Yeah, there's Charlie's Angels. There's Janice Joplin? Uh, I think it's more Hendrix. Hendrix. Bowie and Elvis. There's the mention of Grease. Victoria dresses up as Angel- Ursula Andress. From... Yes, yes. So yet another 60s Bond reference. Fucking mobbed in. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's... oh, and uh, Emma, Emma, and uh, Mel C are recreating Greece with John Travolta yeah. and Olivia Newton-John, and then we get to another moment which um, gave me some weird stirrings. I must confess, <laughs> <laughs> this is where we get to the. Well, this was your. This, I guess maybe your pitch or an idea. Might be, this might be the time to say it. Your minute of uh, oh, mucky minute. Yeah, mucky minute <laughs> where we can just objectify and just say <laughs> things. Because there's a bit where all of the Spice Girls dress up as another different Spice Girl. Yeah, they do. So Jerry dresses as Mel C. Uh, talk about how actually comfy it is to wear clothes <laughs> like that. Yeah. Mel C dresses as Victoria, and you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mel B dresses as Jerry and mocks her. You know, she basically goes blah blah feminism girl. <laughs> <laughs> Which is exactly what the script said. Yeah. <laughs> the entire film. Blah, blah, feminism. Look, Jerry. Just improv. <laughs> just, just talk about manta rays. Fuck it. Uh, Emma dresses up as Mal B, but fortunately they don't go, you know... Yeah. They don't go Little Britain with yeah. it. Yeah. And Victoria dresses as Emma. And they all basically are mocking each other again, just like... But a really cool sister kind of They're just right? girls having fun, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. But it's like... That's all they really want. Yeah. <laughs> but again, it, it's still a film looking for a reason. You know, looking for, yeah. for, for a... The reason is money. Yeah, <laughs> they can yeah. make it. They made it. They pissed off. Fair play yeah. to them. Yeah. Fair play to them. Uh, at one point in the background, you see Simon Fuller with a cow with a with a dollar sign on it. <laughs> <laughs> one day I'll make Popeye, then they'll be sorry. Because <laughs> they do, they did fire her quite re- quite 
fire him, sorry, quite soon after this as well. Mm. Um, so, yeah, uh, Richard O'Brien arrives in the daily event paper offices as the best paparazzi in the business. Okay. Also doing a really weird Yorkshire accent. Yeah, Richard O'Brien is just kind of like, you kind of let him do what he wants to yeah. do. That's what that's, how, that's what made the Crystal Maze work. <laughs> <laughs> like, Richard, Richard, we've got about 20 minutes worth of a show here, but we want it to be an hour. I can work with this. <laughs> Don't you worry, I'll do I can't get into Richard Ayoade in the Crystal Maze. I enjoy Richard I feel Ayoade. he's too detached from it. Richard O'Brien actually was like, he cared about the game as okay, well. Okay. I, think he's, I genuinely think he might be the greatest game show host of all time. Uh, have you seen the social nerd work? No. <laughs> Nobody has, Tom. That's, that's why they get rid of if we, if we can't, If we can't take me out, then Paddy McGuinness might be a second place. <laughs> but no, okay, so you have. You, you put in AORD at the bottom. No, the bottom. Right, because you've got. I would, put, I would put Edward Tudor Pole above him. Edward so I guess he's, he's bottom by default, but he's not bad. O'Brien and Merchant for one episode. Oh, uh, well, yeah, I, Merchant, I, you know, that's like counting fucking. Um, George uh, Lazenby as a Yeah, George, No, 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 it's like counting the guy who did Jimmy Bond in the ABC TV. <laughs> <laughs> or Bob Holness, who played James Bond in a radio series. Or Sean Connery's brother. Who but played. I would rate Bob Holness above Rich Diawadi in the game show hosting uh, <laughs> rankings. I genuinely think Crystal Mines might be the greatest game show of all time. And, like, I think GameShow.com, like, lists it consistently as the greatest game show of all time. Okay. Fort Boyard! Carry on. Well, they basically made the Crystal Mates because they couldn't get the rights to Fort Boyard. Yeah. And they made a better show. <laughs> uh, yes. Melinda Messenger running around a fort in the, off the coast of We've Canada. had our mucky minute, minute, Tom. Calm down. Calm down. <laughs> and you're both wrong. Beat the Crusher is the best game show. You're a fucking idiot. Beat the Crusher. It's great, right? Because if you don't win... Your car gets crushed. So they move from the. From, I'll from tell you what's a fun game show that I forgot all about because it was part of another. Sh- it was part of a show within the show when Ant and Deck were doing their no. BBC CBBC <laughs> show. So this is pre SMTV, but they already had that dark streak of humour. Yeah. They had this game show where a kid would have to answer questions, and if they got it right, they won a prize. If they got it wrong, then a barber would just shave their head. Okay. <laughs> it was so like I thought. Why did I not know that exists? Oh, yeah, okay. Look at that. Amazing. This one girl, like she, she had like most of her hair lopped off, and oh. it got so many complaints. Oh, it was amazing. She, she knew the consequences when she signed up. <laughs> she wasn't bothered by it, but like everyone else was Her like, mum was really pissed off. <laughs> yeah, that is funny. I'll give you that. She just wanted to win Monopoly Kids or whatever Who the prize was. Who doesn't? Uh, well, me. So yeah, we're in a swanky event. There's a little bit of a, a, a nod to like the the gay culture that's like very pivotal at this point for like pop acts that were trying to get big. Like you see some yeah. drag artists dressed up as, as members of the Spice Girls. Yeah. Um, so it's like a, a little tip of the hat to what actually helped the pop industry in the 90s that never really got the credit it deserved, you know? Oh, I didn't pick up on that. I picked up on they're so famous people want to dress up as them. So. Yeah, that too. Yeah, but, but like, there's a reason that... Basically, the entire, the entire pop market in the 90s were gay men and young girls, basically. That was genuinely what, like, take that word just doing the gay clubs for, like... Yeah, they, they, that's where they basically made their bread and butter when they first started out. Yes. Dressing up in leather shorts and dancing around for gentlemen they'd like to go. Yes. Yeah, and all, all the high energy stuff and, like, the Stock Aitken and Waterman kind of rift off yeah. of came from that whole thing. Yeah, okay. Um, and, and, like, that was, and you know, Kylie Minogue and Jerry Halliwell has always, like, tried to... Like, it was a big deal when you did the GAY nightclub in London. Oh, yeah. And stuff yeah. like that. 
Anyway, in this scene, couple of cameo. Yes. Okay, here we go. So first one was Jennifer Saunders. Yep. Not playing first. her absolutely fabulous character, but playing her absolutely oh, fabulous yeah. character. <laughs> and also Mr. Bob Gelboff. Yes. Uh, Chatting to Mel B about his hair. I thought, oh yes, it was Mel B. I thought it was Emma for a second. But yeah, Mel B. And then he gets uh, a makeover. Yeah. And, Mel, and Jerry's talking to a guy about feminism and the guy gets bored and walks away. Yep. Again, but a all, man wrote this. I mean, she, <laughs> in fairness, all she said was blah, 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 feminism. So, you know. No, that's what you heard, Michael. <laughs> Play back the tape. Be woke, you prick. <laughs> Sorry, the, from the man who came up with Mocky Minute. <laughs> so, yeah, I can find it all into one minute, you drag it out into the sun. I did a callback. <laughs> uh, so, Alan Cumming has been trying to get into because remember him? He was part of the film was about for one minute. <laughs> yeah. So, he turns up with Preggers, and uh, Preggers over Preggers McGee. Yeah. Uh, Preggers McGee Thank turns you. up with all the other, meets all the Spice Girls again and asks them all to become godmother for her baby. Baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, oh, so Alan Cummings starts asking them questions, ask them how they feel about boys. They say they would like to order boys oh, like a pizza. Yeah, this was weird. Yeah. And then uh, Jerry asks... They come in a box. Yeah. <laughs> no, Jerry gets asked, yeah. yeah. Uh, Melby says, no cheese. Quite what that's in reference to, I'm not sure. No cheese. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> We're not in mucky minute, all right? <laughs> I'm always in mucky minute. No. <laughs> We're well aware. So, uh, <laughs> well, if you stop being so mucky, maybe it's all... And now we get, now we get a bit of social satire that, frankly, would work today as well as it did back then. In many oh, ways, yeah. it would work even more today. Because Jerry just says... Like, someone asks her a really obvious question, and she goes, is the Pope Catholic? We then cut to Peter yeah. Sissons, saying that... Can the, Top news story is that the Spice Girls have questioned the religious uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. faith yeah. of the Pope. And then we get uh, Richard Briers as a <laughs> bishop speaking his outrage. A hashtag will be starting immediately at this point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, someone asked me the other day if I wanted to go to a protest about some things that are happening in politics at the time of recording. And I said, I just, I personally am not one for protests. I said, it's like a hashtag, but it can be affected by bad weather. That's <laughs> <laughs> one of the way here, actually, the one at Victoria yeah, Square. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't want to date this, though, but... Uh... Oh we've got this is this is like me in the future. So so, protests on, yeah. so Richard E. Grant uh, rings up his boss Roger Moore again and Roger Moore gives more like I genuinely like I in my fifteen bullet points Roger Moore's character does not turn up at any points. Oh yeah, he's, he's just there entirely <laughs> he's speaking literally in proverbs, superfluous. Yeah. It's yeah. there because it's Roger Moore. He was there for half an hour, they filmed it, oh, they yeah. gave him twenty grand. In, yeah. Like I said, in yeah. someone's flat. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Because it is like that sort of 90s idea of a chic flat that looks yeah. all you, white carpets yeah. and white walls. Did you, and I heard the other day. I don't lava know, lamps. I don't know if it's true, but uh, Roger Moore, he invented the Magnum. Yes. Did you hear that? That's nice actually cream. true. Yeah, because he wanted... Um, he he, he, he wrote into walls saying, I love chocolates, but they always make my fingers dirty. Why don't you put them on the end of a stick? Two years later, Magnums come out yeah. and they don't even credit him with the invention. Did they not but, put Magnum because Bond guns... That's even subtler. <laughs> <laughs> if they'd have called it Walter PPKs, then people might have been able to figure oh, it out. Have they ever done a golden one? Golden mm. Magnum? Probably. 
the man with the golden magnum. Listeners, mm. Google it. <laughs> also, uh, listeners, you don't just get three people bitching about it, you get a fact every now and again. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> we are intelligent, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what really intelligent people say. <laughs> <laughs> I believe in, in all uh, debates and sort of union, uh, sort of university debates and things like this, and wherever. Uh, blah, 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 and I believe, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he's one, he's one. Yeah, yeah. Fair play, fair play. Fuck you. <laughs> Screw Flanders. <laughs> so we have uh, the girls go off to Milan for a scene that has no bearing on anything else afterwards. Uh, but what we do get uh, oh God, is the girls yeah, yeah. singing a song made famous by one. Gary Glitter. Gary Glitter. He was definitely convicted by now, right? Well, this is the thing. Yeah. He mm. filmed four minutes worth of scenes with the girls. Oh, And then between gosh. the filming and the release... That's when he got convicted and caught up. And as we've showed already, this had a very small window of production. So, so he... they were lucky that they just had the song. <laughs> yeah. Because he ran away, like... 90s, right? Well, he got he was convicted and then he went to Thailand in the when he got out, didn't he? Yes. Saying so nothing suspicious here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can't just, catch me. I was going to Thailand for a, a thing. Don't. What reason? The, the, the travel the, culture. The culture. The, <laughs> I'm really interested in improving my pad thai. Now move out of my way. The fashion. <laughs> Fashion? Yeah, this is where they make all the ties, isn't it? <laughs> I really want to protect oh, the Windsor knot. Named after Andrew? Morgan, <laughs> it was a stretch, but it was a lovely journey to get there. <laughs> oh, lovely bit of business. So they're singing, Do You Want to Be in My Gang? Mm. Uh, then suddenly some muscular Italian male dancers turn up and the girls complain about the tackiness of it all the big arguments going on between uh, Richard E. Grant and the producer who's a, a very Italian and oh, Emma is, oh, Emma is yeah. listing all the things that are in her bed all her toys ending it with to one of the muscular men saying so there just won't be enough room which I thought was quite a good gag yeah, there's just not enough room for you love <laughs> that's alright it was a nice gag. They, they reach a compromise. So we, then we go to the show itself, and my one big note was stop singing yeah. Larry Glitter. We've <laughs> done it twice now. But now he gets royalties. Yeah. Oh, God, he does. So the blokes are now in suits, but to make a compromise, they are arseless They suits. got the bombs out, yep, yep. So then they fly back to London, and that whole thing was just... <laughs> it was just a bullet point, that's all it was. Yeah. Um, we all we got to see was that, some lovely Italian artists and some pedo songs and one relatively decent gag from Emma. yeah yeah then we're back in the UK and the Spice Girls need a piss now when they were leaving <laughs> the talk then they were leaving the they leave your piss so they go in the forest yep now when they were leaving I was like the size of this TARDIS bus they don't have a toilet in no they it turns out that. the Spice Girls have broken all the toilets oh. in this thing so the implication being much like your portaloos in a... oh shitty spice <laughs> but then this leads to an open goal joke where... well this is why I said Meatloaf has to count as the cameo yeah, yeah. Because... So, so Meatloaf as the driver of the bus then uh, is told that by Richard E. Grant's character that he's got to go and clean out all these toilets and which he replies I'd do everything I'd do anything for those girls but I won't do that joke the girls all go out for a piss in the forest. 
Whilst Jerry's wearing a PVC cat suit for some fucking That's reason. That's going to take a while to uh, exactly. unzip. <laughs> That's just and Mel B is wearing a camouflage bikini. Because she wants to be hidden in the woods, but only her tits. And then aliens <laughs> arrive. Yeah, aliens uh, arrive. Why? Aliens arrive at, because they want tickets for the Albert Hall show. Of course they do. Oh, yeah, because these are aliens that aren't talking English, and, but they perfectly understand. And them. the Spice Girls can translate alien. Yeah. <laughs> and, one of the, and one of them cops a feel of Mel B. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's fucking perverse. <laughs> a that. Can I get some tickets now to sold out, mate? It's can amazing, I grab your tits there? It's amazing he even found those tits in his own camouflage. Mel B goes, hey, oh, this isn't your mucky minute. <laughs> <laughs> get off me boobies. <laughs> my boobies. <laughs> Victoria's asked to sign the stomach of one of the aliens and then body shames the alien for being overweight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're annoyed because they were going to meet Preggers. But instead, yes. they're sent to a dance camp with. Cameo Alert! Another one that's not of the Gary Glitter levels, but still not still ideal. Controversial. Uh, Mich- Michael Barrymore! <laughs> Playing a drill sergeant who was supposed to be John Cleese. Oh, really? That makes yeah. sense, because okay. he's basically dressed as, like, well, you know, the Graham Chapman traditionally. Yeah, yeah, Kino, but obviously but... Graham Chapman being dead. And again, this is another one, much like the, like, just like how with the Jerry, all of her dialogue you say is written, Jerry, blah, blah, feminism. Yeah. This one is Michael Barrymore, be funny. And yeah. he can't, for whatever <laughs> reason. And Michael really? Barrymore in his time was, he was amazing. Funny. He was amazing at what he had to do. Taking on the, the, the dance routine, so... Um, there was an amazing joke where Richard E. Grant is trying to beg them to carry on working and not see their friend. Mm. And he go, he's literally on his knees and he says to them, girls, I'll buy you each a, a milk chocolate magnum. And Emma just goes, yeah, all right then. <laughs> <laughs> just like, that's one of my favourite, just like, uh, they, oh, go on then. They might, they might be millionaires, but they're humble, all right? They know their roots, they'll do anything for a magnum. <laughs> that came out wrong. <laughs> <laughs> they won't do that. <laughs> Didn't mean it like that. Uh, so yeah, they're, they're sent off to a dance camp and then it's treated like a drill instruction. So that they and Whilst they're dancing to Never Give Up on the Good Times. Don't worry, I didn't remember what that uh, one was either. No, I can't remember that. And then the girls do a little march and an assault course in camouflage. Uh, Victoria wearing a very, like... All the other ones are in, like, proper camo for the most part. Yeah. Uh, Mel being not in a camo bikini from before now. She's wearing a little camo dress. I guess she was like, well, after that alien, I'm not taking another risk. <laughs> They'll say it was my fault for dressing provocatively. <laughs> But Victoria Actually, doesn't. Victoria doesn't receive that mess, that memo because she's wearing a short dress throughout the whole thing, yeah. and always having to adjust it. It was noticeable throughout the yeah. whole thing, and like not doing the again. Victoria's uh, they're all presented pretty badly throughout this whole film. Victoria is never given a redeeming moment in this whole movie. <laughs> so they're doing these whole course, and like we know what it basically wasn't the line. So we're like. We know how we got this far. Strength and courage and a wonder bra. It's basically yeah, them saying, yeah. we are famous. For our tits. <laughs> <laughs> also, We are famous, tits. though we're <laughs> shit. Thanks to us and our magic tits. <laughs> like <that>. Sound off. <laughs> no. <laughs> Boob it. Sound off. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Rich O'Brien emerges from a, a toilet. Okay, yeah, oh yeah, okay. So they've gone. They've gone. They're in. They're sleeping in the in the in yes. the big country house. Sorry, uh, and they all can't. None of them can. They're all uh, woken up in the middle of the night because they can feel a presence. Which is Richard O'Brien trying to get um, them all together, uh, trying to catch them all. Um, a Pokemon. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's only five. It's quite easy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's an easy job, really. <laughs> is this where they talk about they've had a nightmare where one of them has... They, they had no heads, but then even yeah. worse, one of them had a head, but it had no makeup on. on. That would be Victoria, because everyone hates Victoria. Written by a man! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so now we're back with the movie producers. No! Their new pitch is for them to be the Spice Force 5. Someone saw Pulp Fiction. Yeah. <laughs> And they all have their special powers. Emma fights. Uh, um, Mel C does the Mission Impossible. Uh, oh, yeah. Rattle down yeah. in order to play yeah. Sabutio, which, which everyone always plays once and realizes how shit it is. Yeah, it is. You know, you look at kids now, with, like the kids now with Football Manager. They'll look at that and like, "How did you live, Dad?" Like, I was, gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say, "Hey," but then I realized when I had Sabuto, I didn't have the internet. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love uh, Richard Herring saying he saw footage of like the World Sabuto Cup Finals one year. And a guy scoring the winning goal and then yelling out, Justice! <laughs> so, there's a whole backstory behind that. You know, like a King of Kong situation. Yeah. You know? uh, so yeah, um, Melby blows up a bunch of flats that are the wrong one. Uh, Jerry Halliwell goes into a phone booth and turns into Bob Hoskins. Come up! I assume Bob Hoskins wanted to say it's good to talk, but they couldn't legally get him to say that, so instead he just says girl power. In the trailer, apparently, when he the, when he says, like, girl power and feminism, blah, 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 he actually, he's, you hear him say it in the trailer, but then in the movie, they dub it with Jerry. Hmm. It's uh, really the voice is going to cost you extra. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then Victoria just stands in front of some cars and makes the sound of a cat. <laughs> They yeah. really don't like Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> and it also seems to be implied that she's the favourite of the writer. Um, were they trying to like force her out and then Jerry left instead? It's like, oh, yeah. it's the wrong one! <laughs> they finally got it right oh. with the recent reunion tour. Oh. <laughs> now two young girls have won a competition and now we've got concept for a film number nine. Oh. Uh, these two little girls get to spend a weekend with the Spice Girls, or get to spend an afternoon with the Spice Girls. They're on the bus, but they're bored on the bus, so then they go on a boat on the Even Thames. Even with all those chopper chops, all these. Yeah. <laughs> and then, chopper chops. <laughs> yeah. Mel B's chopper chops. <laughs> Come and lick them. <laughs> Brings all boys to... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then they get bored, and they happen to be by the Thames, so they just commandeer a boat with a... Yeah, they can do a that. A guy that they has to that. be Swedish. You look like that, you've oh, got to be he, Swedish. He, Swedish or some sort of Australian <laughs> wanker. <laughs> Um, so then they travel around on a boat and the two children in their cu- uh, control nearly drown as yeah. does Victoria again <laughs> they really don't like Victoria, Victoria. <laughs> all while singing My Boy Lollipop well I thought that was nice that was like the one non-Spice Girls song was, was like well, very and Gary that, Glitter yeah that and Gary Glitter <laughs> that wasn't sung by the Spice Girls either was like a very because that was like the first record with like a black leading artist. Oh yeah, okay. So okay. I think I was. I think I liked. I'm. I'm. I'm I think unfortunately you're thinking too deep. I'm thinking let's get, the best of let's get some girls to suck lollipops. Is what yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think with the best of intentions. That's different. Yeah, you know, like how she she was one of the ones that was featured uh, quite prominently in the Olympics yeah. opening montage. That's lovely, the, but the good wasn't. Danny Boyle one, not the bad Spice Girls headlining yeah. closing one. It's, it's lovely you think of you to think of that, but it wasn't. <laughs> It was, let's get the girls sucking on. So, yeah, the girls nearly killed two young children. <laughs> um, uh, 
Yeah, well, they're being followed by uh, Richard O'Brien at this point. And yeah. Alan Cumming. And it? Alan Cumming, yes, on, on another boat. Also, note, the tents never look cleaner on the close-up shots. Oh, God, it looked <laughs> even worse than it did in Bullseye. <laughs> when I said it just looks like a lake of shit, to which you said it is a lake of shit. <laughs> and bodies. I think, also, interestingly, I think it's the exact same area, I think it is, where the World Is Not Enough opening sequence happens a couple of years oh, later. Oh, yeah. Where the, the Millennium Dome's being built as well. Oh, oh, oh okay. That it looked sense. familiar. Because it looked like Don't you see the MI5 buildings that blow up in Skyfall as well at one point? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's, yeah. Oh, okay. A lot, again, more Bond references. Even to films that haven't been made yet. <laughs> Future Bond references. <laughs> Girls are fine, and... <laughs> Girls are fine, <laughs> lads are mucky. Victoria has a end. temper tantrum. And Richard O'Brien was there with the camera. Yeah. So Richard E. Grant tells them off when they get to the Albert Hall and the Spice Girls start arguing back and everyone walks off because we need to create tension at this point. Oh yeah, so here's the other, the next plot, they're splitting up. Yeah, uh, Richard E. Grant thinks he split up the be- uh, Beatles. He split up the Spice Girls. Roger Moore is now struggling a piglet, uh, <laughs> whilst the people of the papers are delighted because they finally got rid of the main... Sellers of their papers, so why are they going to sell their papers? Now we have a flashback of all the girls remembering their days when they used to live in a cafe with Fleabag's dad. Uh, yeah, <laughs> A.K.A. Bill Patterson, respected yeah. actor, but Fleabag's dad. Yeah. And Preggers, but she's not Preggers yet at this point. Yeah, it, the backstory thing is cringy as fuck. Well, I think it's a clever way to incorporate the most famous thing that the Spice Girls did. Because they're all trying to become big. And this genuinely, even though, like I was saying, the Spice Girls as a phenomenon lasted only two years, really, mm. as a five-piece, definitive five-piece. Uh, they were together for, like, two years before then, just rehearsing and practicing, and they would have been living off of nothing, you know. Yeah. And, and like I said, they, they got rid of the people that put them together because they weren't listening to them, and then found... Like they, they seeked out Simon Fuller and, and then... And then got, became... Going to record labels. Global, and, uh, you yeah. Know, and finding the songs and everything and coming up with the name Spice Girls because they were originally called uh, Touch. Oh! <laughs> right, we've already had references to Gary Glitter <laughs> and fucking Naughty Pedos and Dr. Fox and Touch. And then it went from Touch to Spice and then they found out there was already a hip-hop artist in America called Spice so they switched it to Spice Girls. Have you done that thing where if you say Space Ghetto it comes out of Spice Girls in a, in a Scottish accent. Space Giddle. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone give it a go. Space Giddle. Space Giddle. <laughs> give it a go. Where are you going? I'm going to see the Space Giddle. They don't even do the accent, just Space Giddle. It just comes out every time. Space Giddle. I'm going to the Space Giddle. Okay. <laughs> it's perfect, honestly. Like, I quite like doing accents, though. I can never... I can never get quite get the spike the the the, the Scottish one. It's the R's I can't you know because I would be on Space Girls you know like how many yeah, times you, do they you roll that? Go to like Esperanto and I would yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, there you go. Try it at home. Space Bit of fun, isn't it? Space Giddle. <laughs> 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 that is pretty amazing. Yeah. You, you've made your you, you justified your your point. Thank <laughs> you. Justified your existence. I left it late, but you know it's in. Took eighteen episodes, but. <laughs> <laughs> Well, give me more beautiful films by virtual sexuality, and I'll be on my way. Anywho, film! 
Uh, yeah, so where are they? Oh, yeah. So they're, they're, re- they're reminiscing about their time, and the, the owner of the cafe prefers jazz, so, you know, a bit ahead of his time and behind his time at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, <laughs> when Kendrick Lamar comes along, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Second Charles Gambino hits. What, what, what do they call the genre? Space Kittle. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and so they're saying they're really confident about what their next song's gonna be. They put on their ghetto blaster and perform Wannabe. Yeah. Let's be honest here now. Wannabe is gonna be always what they're most famous for. In the realm of great pop music, it's not so much. Yeah, I was gonna bring this up. Like it's not so much like say Aha's take on me. So that's at one end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And let's say at the other end of the spectrum is Baham and Who Let the Dogs Out. Exactly. A seminal classic. But it, you know why it's a hit, but you don't know, you know. I think, the Spice Girls, I think the Spice Girls have had better songs than Wannabe. Oh, fuck But yeah. Wannabe is a hit, you know? It's, it's a, such an earworm. It, it and it's got so it. many factors into it. Like, it, it escalates. There's different, different parts to it. There's like, the, here's the story from A to Z and all that. And also, when I, one of the things that was interesting listening to the, the, the music before, the, like, last night I was listening to a bit of it. Especially those early songs. The lyrics were all... What's interesting about it? Because the girls... My thing was marketed towards girls. Uh, and worked so well. For so long, girls would just said, look at these boys. Boys, boys, boys. Obsess about boys. <laughs> boys, boys, boys. Your meaning is boys. <laughs> and love. And finding the perfect boy who's going to be with you forever and ever. Mm. Whereas with the Spice Girls, like the key lyric I think that is to that song is... If you want to be my lover, you've got to get with my friends. I knew it. You've got to shaggle fucking sleep with them in your room. No, well, you know, it's, it's a sisters before misters ideology. That lasted, like Cleopatra. They're coming last, at you. That lasted 18 months. Because <laughs> well, I, I found out that, like, Jerry Halliwell, she, she, she did, like, a reality show in Australia, like Australia's Got Talents or something. And she released a single, like, while she was doing it, trying to another solo comeback, and yeah. it was a flop. Huge flop, and she felt very sad. And Boo. the next episode, Boo-hoo. she did a cover of Wannabe, but it was like a treacly acoustic guitar thing you see on YouTube. Oh, like, God, that'd know. be horrendous. And that was like, you know, trying to make. Like, if they, you they, wanna they, be you know, my this... lover. Well, that was, that was the thing, you know, she went. Oh, God, but, they, but she changed the lyric. So she went, If you wanna be my lover. You've got to be my best friend. I'll piss off. Oh, fuck. Abandoning the sisters. <laughs> I always knew it. Jerry's a witch. Burn her. A lot of this I'm also basing on, I listened to a really good podcast series from a friend of, well, a mutual associate, uh, acquaintance at least, I was like, because they a friend, Aaron Twitchin. Oh, yeah. And uh, he did a really exhaustive, really exhaustive uh, series of his podcast Pod of the Pops where they talked about the Spice Girls solo careers and like everyone they gave them like everyone got like two or three episodes each oh wow and Aaron knows his shit and like I think if I hadn't listened to that podcast I would have been a lot harsher you think I'd been harsh you know like <laughs> it made me appreciate what they meant to people like Aaron and, and these two co-hosts who grew up with them and loved them and, and followed them onto their solo careers and they knew stuff like they, they were making a defence for like this album that Emma Emma released in like yeah. mid noughties and they said this is legit the best solo album and they talked about the tracks and all that sort of stuff and you know you can understand why it has that passion and that's why also when they you know when Emma Stone was on Graham Norton they were like you used to like the Spice Girls like it's the weirdest yeah. thing you could possibly every have every like, so 85 yeah. million records yeah. every young girl on the planet liked the Spice Girls it's like, it's like, it's like saying I understand you like this act called 
the Spice Girls? I I saw through them from the start. Well, it's like people shout when I'm complaining how boring Ed Sheeran or Coldplay are. They're selling millions of records. People are buying that, you know. You can't then go That's and do that. people are dull. But, it, but it's not even yeah. like... But my point is not that, like, saying that you were into a shit band. Everybody liked like, the Spice Girls. They were the thing, like, They were acting thing. as if it was a really weird thing to say that you liked the Spice Girls. No one liked the Spice Girls. Like someone growing up in the 60s. You like the Beatles? Yeah. yeah. Ugh. Exactly. <laughs> Weirdly, it is exactly like that, you know? Yeah. Um, to be fair, that is my reaction to Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. Uh, <laughs> in fact, saying that, throughout the entire film, I did wonder to myself, is this better or worse than give my regards to Broad Street? Oh, well, I wanted to... That was going to be my cap at, like, it is better than give my okay. regards to Broad Street. Yeah, give away. No, no, no. There's, there's some... Okay, there's this more, has, there's this more has too many to... stories that yeah. had no story. Yeah, we did. He to... <laughs> yeah, we did. He had to go find the album. Done. <laughs> <laughs> You're a man of simplicity, what, what, aren't you, Michael? What, was there aliens? No. <laughs> okay. was, there... was there dream sequence? Yes, there was dream sequence. <laughs> yes. But it was it basically... Fact, wasn't the whole film supposed to be a massive dream sequence? Basically, was... was there social satire? I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> right. Anyway. 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 Yeah. Let's get back to it. Anyway. So flashback. So the girls are the girls are reminiscing, and they they do want to be, and even even Fleabag's dad has to admit it would be good if you put a little bit of jazz into <laughs> hey, it. It's a good Bill pass. Good little pop tune, that. It's like like I said when I heard who let the dogs out, I was like, this is awful. It's gonna make millions. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the second. I, I had that exact same moment when I heard all about the bass by Megan Trainor. I went, this is awful, but it's gonna be popular. And as I'm not fuck. like wanna be. I tell you what I want. That's a bit of an obnoxious thing. But then when it gets into the song itself, it's not you know. If you want to be my love, that's, right. the, 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 that's fine. You can dance to but it. But the tune to it is really quite good. But I think like I'm giving you everything. But the yeah. um, that's better. Two to come. One I think is probably their best song. Uh, although I have sad memories of my school disco, that was a song. That oh, was that the slowy? The one that was the slowy, and I did not get someone to dance with. Girls, girls I didn't get to rub anything against anyone that night. Hey, I was the lad sat next to, uh, right next to the little tuck shop that they'd have, and <laughs> just there looking at the strawberry laces, thinking, "When will they love me?" You're not allowed to call them that anymore, Tom. <laughs> Come on, me too. Yeah, don't don't relate them to me or. Sweets. <laughs> They're people. <laughs> They're my mint imperials. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, you can't see because obviously audio medium, but the look on his face there was fucking disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> the look on my face is always disgusting. It's just my face. Ah, okay. You know the That's you know how Phil Collins is stuck in Groundhog Day. Uh, Tom's stuck in Mucky Minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and I never want to leave. It's a mucky lifetime. I never want to see less than a day. Get that as a tattoo. Tom really is a mucky. Life, Clarence. <laughs> okay, so they all arrive at the cafe, and it's co- it's closed down now. Oh. Uh, Major's Britain, <laughs> and then they dream of becoming irrelevant. And this is where we get another dream sequence with come here, Stephen Fry. Uh, One of many it, times he played a judge with a wig, but brilliant in this, condemning them to a, a single that will only reach number one hundred and seventy-eight or something like that in the charts. I do love how he like names them all, like uh, <laughs> Emma Bunton, Melvin B, Melvin C, Gary, <laughs> <laughs> and so he condemns them to a career doing chat shows in Taiwan. Where they bump into Gary Glitter and he says, I got on the wrong plane! (laughs) Help me, girls. And this is the kicker. This is very, this is how it's very 1997. He then bangs the gavel and goes, 
Call Gary Barlow. <laughs> However, the coffee that I had was the Americanized version. Ah, when he bangs Millie Vanilli? No, he bangs the gavel <laughs> and goes. Let's, let's, let's see if we can figure out who it is. Oh, yeah, okay, uh, okay. Oh, so it's a 98. Pop at MC Hammer. No. Vanilla Ice. No. Ah, uh, Kelly. <laughs> No. R. Kelly. 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 R. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, shout out to yeah. Gordon Amos. Yes. He bangs the gavel and goes, Bring me Hootie and the Blowfish. What? Hootie and the fucking Blowfish? That is very 90s. Yeah. I only know Hootie God. and the Blowfish through a Friends episode. Yeah, yeah, same, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. They're just one of those ones that never made it. Like, who's the other one? Dave Matthews Band? Oh, Dave Matthews Band, yeah. That's. It's the Coldplay of the 90s. Yeah, I remember Q Magazine did a feature when I was buying Q Magazine at the time where they got Dave Matthews, who at that time was literally selling out stadiums in America and they had him busking in the middle of London to see if anyone knew who oh, really? he was. Oh, wow. Okay. I think yeah. one person, one American tourist. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the spice, So after, again, this, this script essentially predicts they will become irrelevant. <laughs> this... They don't like the Spice Girls. <laughs> the who, sorry? Space, <laughs> they don't like Skittles. them either. The who are in this? The Space Girls. <laughs> space Girls. Oh, this Every is my time. note. This is my note because they, they, they were talking like eating fish and chips on the stri- on on like a bench, and they say they leave a mess and go to visit Preggers. I was very annoyed at the littering. <laughs> Uh, uh, Richard E. Grant's in a bar talking to his assistant who I've never mentioned at any point in this film although she's throughout the whole thing just never says anything of it always in the background I thought she was Emma Kennedy for the longest time but I was wrong Claire something like that she was she was recently in Spider-Man Far From Home she was the woman in charge of costumes for Mysterio and also (laughs) at this point she was as they say in the credits she was brought in for legitimacy because she'd just been in Secrets and Lies the Mike Lee movie (laughs) <laughs> that won't be hard. don't watch that watch this uh, <laughs> and then so Richard E. Grant's in a bar and he's served by come here hey. Elvis Costello oh wow okay. one for the dads <laughs> I do like how they play it though because she just asks for a gin and tonic self pouring and she goes hang on I'll have a double like nice <laughs> nice Elvis Costello was going through that run for quite a long time and just cameoing in loads of things he was in an episode of Frasier for some reason and he was he's Popped up in Two and a Half Men. I think he was in Friends. Uh, what else has he been in? Simpsons. He did Simpsons, yeah. Simpsons Move Simpsons. it, Four Eyes! My image! Yeah. And, um, yeah, Austin Powers. Yes, In the of second one, wasn't it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Again, um, another 60s reference with Costello and... Well, Costello was 70s, but... Yeah, but he... A lot of his music was from... Well, he was doing a Burt Bacharach song yeah. in that as well. Yeah. Uh, anyway, where are we? There's a line in that scene that really kind of caught my attention, which was, at least he's still alive. 
To which Richard E. Grant replies, that's the bit that depresses me. <laughs> yeah, Richard E. Grant has like he's a dark he... night of the soul well, in this whole he's film. He's super depressed, but like the band he's managing, they're selling everything out, they're making a movie about them, they're, he's doing alright. This yeah, film is but being if they don't go to that concert, that's him fucked. Yeah, also, this but... film is being written by the brother of the guy who essentially is Richard E. Grant. I think he was like saying, Simon, you've got to get out of this thing. He's <laughs> <laughs> the wall. <laughs> Maybe he was trying to intentionally cause division by making them look so awful in this film. Simon! And then the Spice Girls did subsequently fire Simon. My work is done. Now to write from Justin to Kelly. Which is what he did. Oh, fucking hell, really? Well, Pop Idol and, you know, Simon... Simon, uh, Oh, God. I don't know what that is. Uh, uh, Anyway, so... Yeah, so then they go go to a nightclub, dancing to a remix of Who Do You Think You Are? But then... Preggers goes into labour. Oh, stupid Preggers. A very 90s nightclub as well. That's... It, well, was, it the was the 90s. 90s. Yes, I know. <laughs> it could have been you more 90s. You know what I mean. <laughs> it was 97. It couldn't have been any more 90s. Like, <laughs> That's true. So, yeah. Preggers goes into labour. And they don't have time for the ambulance. So, they drive the bus to the hospital. Uh, Meatloaf was, like, sleeping on a bench or something. That was the reason for leaving without him. Uh, oh no, he drives from there, doesn't he? No, no, they they just rob the bus. No, no they rob oh, the bus. Oh, later. he drives. Okay, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. Melby slut shames a mo- the mother by telling her to put her legs together because uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then Victoria goes, "Well, it's a bit late for that now, isn't it?" Yeah, yeah, something like that. Joke, good joke. So they're because Mel- Melby doesn't want to see the baby. Yeah. So they get to the hospital. Uh, a couple approaches Jerry, Victoria, and Melcy, asking them if they can help wake up their unconscious son. They arrive at the unconscious young boy's uh, bed. Victoria suggests that Jerry take a top off. (laughs) Uh, The husband... Of course you'd laugh at that, you (laughs) fucking snake! To which the father does smile and nod at the idea. (laughs) Uh, Now who's in mucky minute? Oh, why You, always you. This is what I... uh, Then the the kid's eyes do open up because they say he wouldn't even see anyway. His eyes are closed. And he was like, oh... Yeah. Uh, didn't they actually do did bring someone like out of their a coma listening to Spice Girls I think records? Every there band has done that at some point. Yeah. Uh, okay, I love this one. One <laughs> moment. They have a really passive aggressive midwife going, <laughs> I'm going to the Albert Hall show if they make it on oh, time. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot. I've seen her playing up like a midwife and nurse in tons of other shit. Is she just well. passive aggressive? Is it just a midwife? Yeah. Maybe she does this one. She's at the Is hospital like... anyway. <laughs> like standing you, you want to be in a film? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, yeah go on. I'm, you know, I should be caring for patients. That's fuck it. fine. No, I want to be a midwife all my life. I can't tell if she's being passive or aggressive. <laughs> Get her into makeup. <laughs> Uh, Alan Cumming is following uh, Richie Grant frantically around, and then Richie Grant spits at him. Yeah, <laughs> he's got four Nicholas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> that was mental. Uh, so we get back to the hospital. All the girls are in there without, you know, there's no baby daddy. I guess we're your well, baby. He ran daddy. away. <laughs> he ran away. That was said earlier on. Come on, and pay then, attention for and God's then sake. This, yeah. this woman gives birth to a. Five-month-old child oh, yeah. with a full head of Bart Simpson hair. <laughs> the, the Spice Girls spot Richard O'Brien and chase him around the place. And at this point, the movie executives are pitching their third movie to the Richard E. Grant. Oh, the executives including... No! Yes. And then it gets very meta 
because what he's pitching to them is what's happening in the rest of the film. And that's basically now, like, the next ten minutes are basically being recounted by kids in the hall blow. Yeah. Uh, so they're able to catch Richard O'Brien, who promises that he won't do anything bad anymore. Richard E. Grant is complaining about character inconsistencies. <laughs> you and me both, mate. I don't know if he did, or if that was my note about it. It, it sounds pl- plausible. Yeah. <laughs> so the Spice Girls take over the bus because Meatloaf was sleeping on a bench. Makes sense. Victoria's driving. They drive past Buckingham Palace, make a joke about, hey, Prince Charles, and, you know. Originally in the script, they were supposed to say hello to Diana as well. But she did. She died literally before the film came out, so they cut that out. <laughs> then, for genuinely no reason, the other four members are on the roof. Like, they couldn't think of a reason to have them there. <laughs> yeah, they even say, like, why are they on the roof? Why aren't they on the roof? <laughs> yep. Well, then they jump, they jump Tower Bridge as it's going up, and they... You know, didn't have the budget for it, so they just show a toy, which is not like genuinely. You wouldn't. I know this sounds excessive, but you could have seen a gag like that in like a Zucker Abraham Zucker type of film. Yeah. So you know, it doesn't work that well, but you know, I applaud you for well effort. Enough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they jump the bridge using the toys to save on funds. Then they discover a bomb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the executive says, and then they come through that door. But they don't go through that door, so Rich D. Grant, who's already spat at one person, then tries to murder this man through strangulation. <laughs> because he can't predict the future. <laughs> but then the Spice Girls arrive, oh, run into the Albert God. Hall, uh, run into the Albert Hall, but a cop stops them. Jerry and Victoria both try to flirt with him to get um, get away with it, but it's not working. Then Emma puts on the Lolita act again. Um, it works for this guy. <laughs> Richard E. Grant at this point is now planning his suicide. Again, I think this was his brother saying, I, Simon, seek out. I can see what's going through on in your eyes. I really enjoyed that. Like, that whole scene, like, right, here's the plan. I'm going to go on stage. As soon as the lights hit me, I'm going to hang myself with this rope. <laughs> I was like, fucking hell. <laughs> There's going to be like six-year-old kids watching this, you weirdo. They need to learn. <laughs> you can take Whipnell out of the country, but honestly, <laughs> so Roger, I think Roger Moore calls him, or does he call Roger Moore? Whatever it is, he, he predicts that the future will be chaotic, but the show will be enjoyable. Uh, Richard E. Grant finally apologizes to the assistants because that was apparently a plot line throughout the was, whole film. Was it after they banged? The implication, yeah, they basically said, yeah. Shh, "We're gonna shag, aren't we?" Yes, yeah, we are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Spice Girls arrive on stage and sing "Spice Up Your Life." Unfortunately, they do sing about the yellow men in Timbuktu. I thought I heard that. I yeah. thought I'd gone mad. Everyone dances badly. You should see some of the extras. They are not dancing with much enthusiasm. Yeah. Uh, but everyone's having a good time. Um, the credits roll. And then we get a behind-the-scenes sequence for the credits. Oh, I didn't get that. Uh, oh. I just got... Because mine... I, I was watching on YouTube. Because it's free. And it just cut off on the credits. So. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So what you don't get then is they're all speaking like out of character. Alan Cummings in his Scottish accent talking about... The space skittles. Yeah, space skittle. <laughs> the space skittle. Oh, no one didn't get this. And playing um, about having to wear a chest wig. The fat actor who's been with him was saying that fat actors get ignored and then he ignores Played him. by Spud Gunn from the fucking bottom. Nice. Thank you very much. Oh, nice. yeah. I think of Spud Gunn with the hair. Really? Because he looks that's quite him. short there. Oh, that's awesome. No. Oh, that's because he's standing next to the fucking five foot two Dave Hedgehog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, Richard E. Grant it says they want me to play an angry manager who's on the phone all the time. I'm going to ruin my career. They 
don't like this film. This film doesn't like this film, and it certainly doesn't like doing a film about the Spice Girls. I think he did it because like his daughter was a huge yeah, Spice yeah, Girls yeah. fan. Yeah, with Richard E. Grant on the other Yeah, yeah. He did it purely for the money. Yeah, he said I'm oh, okay. fine. You know? This is fine. fine. Yeah, it's fine by me. Uh, Richard O'Brien is complaining to the writer, who is the guy from Kids in the Hall, about why is he? Um... Does he ask why he has an accent? Is that what he was saying? Uh, He's complaining so. about something because that's what actors do, apparently. And then the Spice Girls arrive, chatting with the woman who's been playing the assistant, saying they loved her in Secrets and Lies, and now she brings some legitimacy. Like Eddie you've ever seen. Like Marlon Brando in Superman. <laughs> <laughs> then the Spice Girls act the right, ask the writer for changes to the script, again just criticising the film that we've just seen. And then they spot the camera and break the fourth wall and start <laughs> talking to... Well, first they're talking to the the people in the audience. Victoria spots one who loves her dress or her hair um, or something. Talking about a couple snogging at the back. Yeah. Then, then they're talking about like, getting popcorn. Then they talk, some people are watching this on VHS. Well, that, some people are watching this 22 years later for a podcast that they're recording in one guy's living room. And he got it on free on YouTube. Didn't address that, did you? <laughs> <laughs> and then Mel C mentions what happened to the bomb on the bus. Then oh. the bus explodes off screen. And that's the film. Yay! This film had like 15 ideas. Maybe that was the problem. It was an idea from the Spice Girls. And literally all of them gave three with, ideas. With the idea from the Spice Girls was, let's make a fucking mess. Yeah. With, with the bomb on the bus, did they want to do speed, but it came out? Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a joke, <laughs> was it a joke? they oh, were okay. throwing all these different ideas, like, oh, they're on the roof, but can't, they're which, in speed. And... I can't remember when speed came out. So. Uh, I actively, knows, like I said, I, I, especially from listening to Pod of the Pops and the passion that Spice Girls fans have for them and have for this film, for a lot of people it's like one of the, genuinely still to this day, one of their favourite films. To me, I guess it's kind of my equivalent would be Masters of the Universe. I know it's a bad film, but I love it. For me, it's Street Fighter. Yeah. That was the first 12 I ever saw at the cinema. Yeah. yeah. As a time capsule for a very specific period of 1997. Oh, yeah. Like, the fag end of Britpop, but the cool Britannia thing was still a big deal. It was like that wave of, like, Tony Blair and Labour coming in. So it was that whole sort of, we're proud to be British thing. And now it's a shameful thing. Yeah, it was a a whole celebration and positivity, which, especially in this day and age, you don't really see coming from any pop artist at all. I kind of... Maybe we need another Spice Girls to come along and actually but just be happy. the closest we've had is probably One Direction, probably. But again, that's like, they're all, but then they're all like serious, and the Spice Girls themselves kind of end up doing that themselves, like, holler, and things like that, <laughs> but, you know. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like, now I look at it in hindsight, and it's like, it's a, it's a, it's celebrating female friendship, although, like I said, I think the script itself doesn't like the Spice Girls. Yeah, yeah. It's like constantly undermining them, but I think their own charm and uh, charisma as performers because they were a great like and you know that they were cheeky and they were humorous you know which i think is always important with with british acts they had like the beatles were funny and witty and oasis were funny the bicycles were cheeky and 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 funny and that like i said that's why i when, when, like, you, you could you could have seen five girls behaving exactly like the spice girls in snobs yeah. Any day yeah. of the week. Yeah. You know what? Well, not any day of the week. <laughs> yeah. you know? 
uh, on Tuesdays. That'd be weird. But like on a Friday or a Saturday night, you saw loads of. They had a lot of char- a charisma about them, and admittedly, I'm too old to listen to pop music now. Yeah. But I don't think pop stars have that anymore because they're so controlled and they're, they're more. Controlled. Well, the whole film is about being controlled. But, well, it's um, a whole different thing now. Now it's all about. It's but there's much no about po- Instagram and. Well, yeah. And they're a lot more polished and sleek. It's not even about the music either because people just go on the preview on iTunes or whatever. It's just thirty like, seconds, so crazy. you just need a thirty second clip well, of a song. That's here's it. another thing that's in, I think is interesting as well. Like you look at Jerry. Halliwell. I think a woman with Jerry Halliwell's figure wouldn't be allowed to look like that in pop music now. They'd insist that she had like a rippling six pack. They would all have been forced to like exercise ridiculously, like mm. like ladies CrossFit. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it is yeah, like yeah. It, like I don't think like of like Jerry Halliwell and she herself then very quickly like got. Yeah, very essentially. Yeah, yeah. And that's what's funny, actually, because one of the things I also did was I watched the one song that they released in 2007 when they reunited, which wasn't a big hit. I think it reached like number 11. Oh, was that the the children in need? Yeah, let's make the headlines. And what's interesting about that is they're not like you look at the wannabe video and they're all together and they're all partying and they're on screen Mm. and they've all got personalities and vibrancy. And they're wearing clothes that girls can easily... Like, Emma's not wearing... Like, Victoria's posh and, like, her... Victoria wasn't posh. It was all relative, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was like, sometimes she gets stuff from the non-sales rack at TK Maxx, <laughs> you know? That's as far as it goes, you know? You couldn't exactly call her fashion spice, you know what I mean? No. Well, that's what she became. But, like, like you, you look at... Like, like I said, if you want to be my lover, you've got to get with my friends. And, like, I was listening to I'm Giving You Everything. And that was also about, like, their friendships and... Uh, it was like men were like a, an afterthought in it and, and it was about celebrating female friendship and unfortunately they themselves kind of got all especially Jerry Jerry is very clearly an egomaniac you know <laughs> but, but if she I want to be the intelligent one <laughs> if she was a, but if she was a bloke she'd be allowed to have got away with a lot more than, than the others but like you know how dare she want to talk about feminism now yeah. it's mm-hmm. kind of like a requirement for you to talk about yeah. feminism you know but it was that weird form of feminism that was like, you know, it's like that line Ryan Gosling had. Uh, I can't remember what the film was. One did with Steve Carell, "Love and Other Drugs," I think. Oh no, um, crazy, crazy, stupid love. Crazy, stupid love. Yeah. Uh, I think he has a line along the lines of, uh, "Men won the battle of the sexes when feminists started taking pole dancing lessons." This was like a women thought they were feminists by doing FHM spreads. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm not saying they're not, you know, you, whatever you, whatever one wants to call feminism, I, I'm not, I think I as a white male will explain <laughs> to you, madam, what feminism is. I'm just trying to give it from an outsider's perspective. Like when I was 13, 14, like all they were good for me was for like getting to sleep at night. But, <laughs> but also... <laughs> oh, why? That's the best line of the show. We've been right in, record for an hour it's to fuck it up. two fucking hours to get to it. But also for me to feel a sense of superiority because I was listening to Radiohead. Uh, you know, and that's that, and I'm. I, I'd like to think I'm over that now. Thinking man, Spice Girls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mopey Radiohead. We're all Mopey Radiohead. <laughs> now, now I look back on it, and I genuinely don't think, like, in, in the rankings of, I would, uh, you know, it's it's above WE. It's above. Um, I, I, again, I'm only going like, if you want to know my letterbox rating, I went with a two out of ten. But like, there was some moments in it, like. Emma's there were some decent gags in there. Emma's joke about what was the contents of a bed, even though there was a creepiness to it. Even though she is like the twenty-two or something at this point, yeah. just, that's more just how they presented her. 
issues. It was obvious that this was made within like a like from quick from pre-production <laughs> to quick. it being out in the cinema. I imagine it didn't take any more than six months. Oh god! And most films will take three times that length from idea to. However, release. you look at the budget compared to the actual box office. It made a hundred and fifty million dollars yeah, in the nineties. That's insane. Yeah. They then re-released it for a twentieth anniversary a couple of years ago. Made another million on yeah. top of that, and they haven't dared do that with any real pop act after that, except for the two we're going to cover, and neither of them were hits. Like One Direction, they never got like a, a film; they got like concert. That's, that was yeah, what they the were doing. They do three D concert films, like just because the music Bieber. industry's on his ass. You know, it's not on it his is. ass. They, they find, they're, they're, no, they're making money through different ways now. Um, it's like the Spotify thing is a whole crock of shit because basically all the record labels just made a bulk deal with. Spotify, so they're essentially stakeholders, yeah. and they fucked but over we'll, the artists. Yeah. We'll never get another Spice Girls. In the same way, in the same way, we won't never get another Beatles. You won't get another Madonna. Know, we'll you, never get another, you won't. You'll get. A, thing is, like then, I, like I just watched a couple of clips from like the VMAs and like Camilla something and Shawn Mendes. Yes. Yeah. Like you, you know, the, the stadium was basically flooding as the sh- as the song was going on. You know, they're big to. Those kids, that fifth but they're not. Yeah, was really you never, huge. You're never going to get that phenomenon because it mean. was a phenomenon. It's a virus. But what it is is that we yeah. can shut it off now entirely. Yeah, like, I didn't hear. Right. I didn't hear an Ed Sheeran song until like two years ago. Didn't care for it. Uh, you know. So but, is it a case of it's all about availability now? Yeah. Well, yeah. We can. We can just. We have our headphones. We have Spotify. We have podcasts yeah. like like the one you're listening to now. We don't have to interact with it. Whereas, you know, when you have four channels and it was only top of the yeah, pop song... Yeah, that's true. That's you, true. Can, you, you just knew it. Yeah, you well. knew it. You know, you knew... You, 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 you couldn't... You know, unless you had Discman and you could only go through so many discs, sometimes you just mm. got to hear the sounds around you and the sounds of the radio and the radio will play you yeah, one of it. Yeah, that's true. You know? And you can't escape it. That's Whereas now you can be off in your own little world. Like, it's, it's part of the reason why Radio 2 now has more of a listenership than Radio 1 because no... Young person is going out of their way to listen to the radio to hear the hits. Of the Why day. would they when they've There's got a Spotify playlist, Spotify and iTunes and everything YouTube. else? YouTube, yeah, exactly. Because music videos are as big a deal now as they ever were, but it's now through oh, YouTube it's rather than MTV. Oh, that's true. I couldn't name one music video. In the last look, not to the kids that fucking what Psy Gangnam Style has two billion views on YouTube. And that's purely because of the video. I kind of slept under that one, and I didn't. But that's the point. Yeah. That's the if, point I'm if, making. On any given day, if you Actually, go on YouTube and you look at the trending videos, I can guarantee at least one music video from someone you've never heard. It's all still maps to twenty-one to twenty-nine-year-olds, or you know, does fifteen it? to nine. Fifteen to twenty. Yeah. It counts. It matters to as many fifteen to twenty-nine-year-olds now as take that did then. Because mm. I still. But everyone else doesn't have to. Be bothered by it. I still listen, <laughs> listen to a hell of a lot of music, and I try to get in as much new music, new music. But as you I can. listen to the music that's in the charts. That's my no, point. No, I literally the other day I looked at the UK top forty, and I could six. barely recognise yeah. anyone. I on listen there. to six music, and is that kind decent. of the point? But that's again, that's six but then, music. But there's a lot of new stuff there. Exactly, well, yeah. but, but it's that's, not. That's subverting the usual, and they're going for like more of a niche thing. Yeah. That's yeah. what six music yeah. does. Well, I was really proud of myself because I found a new band and then uh, they've only done one album. But I found a new band, really, really liked them. And then I uh, checked their Facebook and it's like, oh, 100,000 likes already. It's like, oh, I'm so old. Uh, Fontaine's. 
Oh, full yeah. times easy. Yeah. yeah, they're great. Yeah. Well, yeah, like I, yeah. you know, well, basically, a lot of the time, what I'll end up doing is finding out what was big last year. Because, mm. like, at the start of the new year, I'll look at all yeah. the playlists of like the best two hundred tracks of yeah. last year. Yeah. So, so whatever was hot in twenty eighteen, sometime in twenty nineteen, I'll be like, ah. Have you guys heard Cardi B? <laughs> you know, but, we're like a, but we're of an age where it's not relevant to us anymore. Well, it, doesn't you know? well, like, it wasn't then, really. Like the Spice Girls, as musicians, weren't relevant. When to was your big music point. years? Because I was obsessed with music from like twelve to I still, about twenty-two. I still 22. love music. Oh no, no, but in terms of I knew all that, I knew everything. Um, well, the time when I was 22. like pouring over a certain number of albums because those were the only ones I could afford. Mm. You know, so I was just listening to. I guess you would go basically from when I got into. Well, I had Britpop, so I was loving like yeah. Oasis and yeah. Blur, Blur. Well, not so much Blur, but Oasis, Pulp, uh, Ocean Colour Scene. Uh, I was listening to those a lot. Uh, so that was from like 96, so when I was about 13. Sure. But then like a big moment for me was when I listened to OK Computer. And so that took me in a different realm. And then when I was like 16, I got this book of like the 1,000 greatest albums of all time. And then I was just kind of going from number one to, you know, as I was like, oh, okay. So I was listening to stuff from any, and very early on, I wanted to be one of those people that was like, I, you know, I'm not into the, I'm not the new yeah, metal. Because, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. the big thing to be into when I was, like, the right age was I was just too young for Britpop to be, like, going into bars and clubs and that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So for me, it was like, new metal was huge <laughs> when I was 16, 17. And, you know, I listened to some System of a Down. Yeah, yeah. Love um, System, Love System. And you know, I knew the lyrics to Rolling, but even then, I like even then I didn't love that. I loved Eminem. I was sure. really into Eminem, and that got me into hip hop. That got me into hip hop and like Outkast, and then from yeah. there, I went to Outkast, Dr. Dre, Wu Tang Clan, and then. But then it's like looking at the list, like okay, well now I have to listen to Public Enemy, and now I've got to have one jazz album so I can say I like jazz. Uh, and then Miles okay. Davis yeah, yeah, is kind of yeah. blue. And then I really got into Pink Floyd. But and even then, that, it wouldn't it wouldn't be. Current at the so time. I guess I was, but yeah. that was like coming into the start of the LimeWire thing and and, and Napster. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it was starting to get there, and then when it was like iPods, when I just went into university, was when iPods became a thing. Oh, like, okay. Cool. I was desperate to get an iPod, and I remember Mum saying this to me in, a, in the car when I was explaining to her what an iPod was. She says, "Why do you want an iPod?" Because at that point, like the biggest one was four hundred quid. That mm. was how much an iPod cost back then. Yeah. And that's in two thousand and five money. Yeah. And she said, "Why do you want an iPod?" And I said. It can play no two thousand two money. Um, Why do you want an iPod? And I say it can play ten thousand songs. And Mum said, "When are you ever gonna listen to? Yeah. When are you ever gonna listen to ten thousand yeah, songs?" Yeah. And I just went, "It can play ten thousand songs." We're not getting this, man. Like but that was what I wanted to know music at that point. Yeah, you know? yeah. But I thought, as time's gone on, I've got more and more respect for pop music. Like like a lot of the stuff, especially eighties pop, I think is just. Phenomenal. Like I, I put a hard take on me up there with any song. Yeah. But I, just, I, just, I just think it's not. I don't know. I just, yeah. I, we're not supposed to be about. Like by the time when well, my yeah, dad, when my, when my dad was my age, he had me. So like we're we're of a dad age. It's now, wrong for you us know? to be. We shouldn't be, know about pop music. It's wrong know? for us in a way to be into it, fifth harmony. It would be weird. You know? It would be weird if, if Tom, if you came up to me the other day, oh, I was watching, not Top of the Pops, it doesn't exist anymore. I was listening to all these bands the other day. Why? So, They're for children. So, you know, it would be a weird thing. Yeah, to like, get back to the movie. So yeah. I don't resent the movie for not appealing to me, because it no, shouldn't appeal to me. Yeah, yeah, we will. But yeah, what promise. I will say is the film did have blown opportunities. Because mm. if you'd focused on one of these, like, 15 ideas for a film, it could have worked. Genuinely, if they, 
if they'd had time to fight. So they could have done an Alan Cumming following them all the time and just focus it on Alan Cumming, Richard E. Grant, and the Spice Girls. It's almost like the Spice Girls are like cameoing in their own yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. Well, or you could do it like that, or, or at least like they're, they're equal leads. Like Alan Cumming's the lead, Richard E. Grant's yeah. lead, and the Spice Girls are the lead. And he gets to know each of them. You get to know each of them individually because that was the whole point of the Spice yeah. Girls. They were individual. You had your favorite, but also they all came together to form. You know, the Megatron. The Megatron. <laughs> <laughs> like, you think about it, like the Spice Girls sold out Wembley Stadium. Yeah? Just like the they, Power Rangers. They sold out, no, they sold out Wembley Stadium, 80,000 80, people. Yeah. Victoria would not sell a thousand tickets at Wembley, I don't think. Mm. Mel C would, uh, 8,000, let's say 8,000. None of them would sell 8,000 tickets to see them individually. And yet together they will sell well, 80,000. Like Who's seen the basis in but, Blur? But, there's even, but even then, Noel Gallagher can sell... <laughs> both Noel, Noel and Liam yeah, can but, sell out arenas. Yeah, That's my point. The Spice Girls... But Noel was the talent. Liam's got... A, his voice is back now, actually. But yeah. Liam, Liam had his own talents as well. Just oh, not, not I, I love Liam's uh, solo stuff at the moment. It's great. Um, but yeah, it's like... Or like Morrissey can sell out an arena. Yeah. Or, or, or to, you know, Beyonce can sell out yeah. things. But Kelly well, Rowland can't. Well, Morrissey can sell out an arena, but... Um, Guitarist no, Mark, Mark can sell out, you know, a uni hall. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah. But like, uh, take that. None of them could sell yeah, eight thousand yeah. seats, but they yeah. could together sell eighty thousand. Yeah. yeah, that's I what's so know. curious about it. Gary Bard or Mike? Should we talk about the good bits? Uh, well, yeah, I, I just want to say, well, like, like, how will we make it better? So either do that, or you do it about you know you do it about them pitching different movie ideas, and then you do some sort of like um, yeah. picaresque like Monty Python's Meaning of Life, or or like um, the Monkey's Head movie, where it becomes just, a different thing every ten I minutes. I got a little bit of Python vibes off it. Or yeah. or you do like the social satire, and you really go into the whole tabloid versus yeah, Spice yeah, yeah. Girls and yeah. the nature but again, and then this... you make it almost like Slade in Flame or something but, like that but we've got know? to remember this is a film that was essentially made to make more money yeah. people money, already yeah, had yeah. tons of money yeah. off the back of the popularity of seven year old girls a, yeah. in the 90s it would have been I'm a just, summer film yeah. for parents to take their kids exactly but I'm just it, was saying, like, actually, it was actually released in Boxing Day 97 like, well, there you go but yeah. I would just say like, even though and they soon make a point like none of them really can act not, not even Mel C but they're not trying well that's the thing I don't even try to direct them to become best Get better actors, but like the Beatles, like John was an okay actor. Ringo actually did some successful acting right? after that, and like mm-hmm. they made him the lead in Help as a result because of that. Like genuinely, there was a whole sequence in A Hard Day's Night that Steven Spielberg had to study when he was in film school involving Ringo doing sort, of, and it was kind of like of that era of like the angry young man sort of film. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, like like I said, if you if you they could have made a good film. You could have got the spice of, like, and I'm not, and people who love the film, I understand why you love it, and I'm not saying you're wrong for loving it, because I'm not wrong for loving Master of the Universe, <laughs> even though it's a bad film, you know? So, uh, you're not wrong for loving Street Fighter, even though it's a bad film. No, I'm very wrong for loving Street Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm not shitting on you for, for loving that, like I might have done back when, you know, even only a couple of years ago. Uh, and like I said, as, as time's gone on, I've, I've started to appreciate more what what the Spice Girls had and what they themselves lost. Because like I was saying in that headlines video, they're not sitting together and, and they're not in, in clothes that everyone can wear. They're all yeah. wearing like thousands mm. of pounds worth of you know lingerie, or, and they've all got ridiculously toned stomachs. And okay. like Jerry Halliwell's literally like, look at how many six sit ups I do. And they're not okay. and they're not together either on screen. Really, no, they're all in a few different. Shots. There's yeah, a couple yeah. of shots uh, where okay. they are. And that's the thing, and I think that's why it didn't appeal because they, the Spice Girls themselves, kind of lost that because 
you know, you do lose touch with reality when you're that big a star. Yeah, falling out and whatnot. Uh, to be fair, there's still that sense of they still know that old selves because that old self is only a couple of years ago, you know? Mm. And I think you can see, especially when they're like, I, I do like them in the dream sequence though, when they're all playing themselves as mothers and there's a bit of like, there is humour, you know, there are obviously there's a few decent five, jokes, five so. women with, a, yeah. Victoria's a genuinely quite witty person if you saw her in interviews and stuff. Mm. Very dry humour and, you know, the, and Emma's funny in this and yeah. in moments. Mel B's a force of nature. I guess out of all of them, she's probably the most performative. But that's why I would say it's good. What would you say? Um, <laughs> um, I'll, I'll say what's good is its intention. I would go, it's got some genuinely nice moments of humour. It uses some members of the cast quite well, others not so. And it, it's, it's an interesting time stamp of that period of time as well. Because it is so 90s and it is so of it, of the moment from someone who was like a 90s kid growing up. It's nice to have that occasional the, reflection yeah. if you want to see yeah. that sort of time. When if I you was... want to see 1997, this is a good film to show. Oh, this is a great film to show. The fashions. And I the, mean, it's and better the... than virtual sexuality no, to it's show not. for the 90s. No, it's not. Uh, <laughs> As a showcase of the 90s, it's better I think it's than a more, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. more honest reflection because there's yeah. no... Because like I said, I don't recall the many basketball matches or... Yeah, <laughs> yeah the virtual reality the expos that we all went yeah. to, yeah. Although, you do remember the alien invasions, looking for tickets to the Royal <laughs> It was out in the woods, Meatloaf said it didn't happen, so it didn't happen. <laughs> well, yes. what did you enjoy? Um, quite genuine, I quite like the music. Because <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I never liked it as a kid. I wasn't a bit, wasn't so a bad music. you want to be in their gang, their gang, their gang. No, honestly, but like, in terms, oh, yeah. of, in terms of the pop tunes, they are really catchy. They've held up for 25 years. Mm. Yeah. There's damn good music. Damn yeah, some of them, like, no? like I said, too, but although I don't to become on place in this episode this film there's it? lots of little bits like little orchestral bits over the top and stuff yeah, yeah. but it, like the music's decent um, it's a bit of fluff for kids on school summer holidays it's, we're thinking about it far too deep I will say actually, actually I think my least favourite more so it's than not supposed to be this deep thing it's just yeah. you know it's just it, cashing in while they're popular and yeah. a year later well, that, they quit so you know that is the problem. Them, it is a cash-in it could have been more than a cash-in what, what, what else could it be? well I just said about five different things it yeah, added the potential oh we're going yeah. in circles but it, okay. wouldn't, it would never would have been that if you got to take it, it for what it is it could have been that but it would have yeah. taken them time and effort yeah. and they didn't want to do that but take, for, what it, for what it is a bit of fluff that you take your kids to um, fine music's alright there's a few jokes it held me interest fine uh yeah uh, so we've said what we all like about it what we would do to make it better uh you can do it damn it michael you make the <laughs> bit of elbow grease never hurt anyone probably did actually probably did <laughs> <laughs> um that's it really isn't it is there anything else except for hey you don't watch that watch this again like i don't want to be like the snobby bloke who knows better than the women and i don't honestly know of any films about a female pop act that's well, maybe Josie and the Pussycats, but that's not Until British. Until I make the Cleopatra coming at you, movie. What I will su- uh, suggest is another film that came out quite recently, like The Favourite, that does celebrate female friendship. It's set in Ireland, but it was written by... Uh, it was The original novel was written, uh, set in Manchester. I think it's mostly British people. It's like a co-production in British, Irish and Australian. It does star the British Holiday Granger doing a fantastic Irish accent. And uh, of Arrested Development fame, uh, Alia Shawcat as best friends in a film called Animals. And it's, I don't really want to give much away, it's just two young women who are getting a bit older. 
And He's given too much away, get him! <laughs> and wondering if maybe this big jar of MDMA is going to be their last jar of MDMA together. It's never your last jar of MDMA. <laughs> <laughs> you still can always get some, it's fine. There's always Devon. Also, ah. also, it doesn't come in a jar. Anyway, this was the start of our epic pop trilogy. Yeah, uh, the next two films maybe don't have as much of a lasting reputation. And this <laughs> next one doesn't actually include a complete cast of uh, one band, but it does have three quarters of them. I'll let you guess which one they left out. It's uh, All Saints, or three quarters of them, starring in the 1960s heist film Honest, also directed by Dave Stewart of oh, The, the Eurythmics. Eurythmics. Yeah. Oh, cool. People want to get in touch with me and tell me many ways that I'm mansplained to them through the medium of podcast. Uh, I... I know I almost certainly did. Uh, it's Lorcan Mullen, that's L-O-R-C-A-N-M-U-L-L, A for Apple, N for... Knickers. Knickers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's my email address. Uh, you can put it at gmail.com at the end of it. Otherwise, look for me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Letterboxd. And if you want to be my lover, you can contact me on uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, at Michael Bell. Just find us, right? Do they have to get with your friends as well? Nope, just me, just me, just me. No, get with the friends! Very simple, very simple. (laughs) Please get with the friends, Uh, it's nice to share. (laughs) (laughs) If you fancy looking on Instagram where I just take pictures of things, it's uh, at Tamir Nonstick. But yeah, Facebook, Twitter, blah, 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 Michael Bell. Uh, You can hunt me down on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. The Woods. The the, the Woods. Uh, At Tom Hodkinson, Tom spelt with an H because... You know, Tom York exists and I like him. Um, and two do become one as me and Michael Bell are in a double act. Oh, lovely work. Fucking lovely. A, double lovely work. And Mama, I love you. Damn it. Oh. Uh, that is, I think that's their worst song. Uh, yeah, we're in a double it's, act. Uh, uh, headlines is their worst song now. So yeah, yeah I guess, find, okay. We are of, the, of the golden era. You can find the Kamikaze Club, my Mike's double act, at the Kamikaze Club or Kamikaze Club HQ at gmail.com if you want to throw us an email. Yes, you can. Yes. Or if you want to sit, talk to us directly about the show, we are on Twitter at... Bowobpod, B-O-W-O-B-P-O-D. You can find us on Facebook. Best I'm of worst. Get best, the best of worst of British podcast. Or failing that, you can also get us on email via... Bowobpodcast at gmail.com. And I just want to make one last final cross-promotion. Do check out Pod of the Pops if you want even more in-depth knowledge uh, (laughs) with actual actual knowledge of the subject matter about the research took place. (laughs) I'm going to listen to it on the bus home. It really is a really, really good listen. I would recommend it, Uh, even if you're not Spice Girls fans. And and Aaron did a fantastic edit job on it as well. He actually tried. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) He tried to make a good podcast. He's always going to try out him, hasn't he? With your success. With your success. And your fan base. And talent. <laughs> and you sold out Edinburgh Ron. <laughs> oh, it's a bit bitter that biscuit, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> uh oh, he's reaching the end of the bottle. <laughs> and now he's broken it and making the knife good. <laughs> well, we'll quickly get out of here before Michael, Michael does any more damage, other than to finally say. We just spent a long time making fun oh, of a load, so of, making fun of a load of people that not only made a movie but created a pop cultural phenomenon. And they sold eighty million records. The best-selling <laughs> female pop group of all time. Until I have my way. <laughs> <laughs> Mocking corner, stand away. Uh, meanwhile, this week, whilst I was watching said film, when Emma Bunton did point out that people watching it at home on VHS 
I became very self-conscious of the fact that I was watching it only in my pants and dressing gown. And it was in the PM of a weekend. Now you get in mucky corner. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening and uh, tune in next week. My pants were on, Tom. <laughs> That's what he says. Don't believe him, listen. Space Kiddo. <laughs> <laughs>